Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning, everybody. What a beautiful day. Looks like we're going to have a great weekend, although we're getting the monsoon rains coming in. Um, what that means, we get a flow out of uh, the ocean that makes its way up here this time of the year and hits with our combines with our weather, and we get these evening showers and sometimes some pretty heavy ones. So you got to kind of plan around that a little bit, that there's for most of the next few days there's going to be a chance of a rain or a thunderstorm in every afternoon or evening. But overall, the weather's going to be good. It's going to be a little warm. It's going to cool down a little bit towards the end of the week, although I won't be here. I'm leaving to go fishing in Minnesota, so I'll be on assignment, so don't feel sorry for me. I'm going up there so I can do research for all you listeners. we got a lot to cover today. We're going to talk some fishing. We're going to talk some hunting. We're going to talk about an opportunity to help veterans reassimilate with their families when they get back. So we got a lot on our plate today. Let's go to the phones. And joining us from uh, GSO Fishing and Blue Mesa Reservoir, Andy Cochran. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good morning, Terry. How are you today? You know, I'm doing great. It looked like a great day. I imagine you got some decent weather out there. It's been a very hot, dry July. We are ready for some monsoon moisture around here for sure. Uh, but yeah, as you stated before, we're it's going to be beautiful this weekend, especially during the day. So get out and enjoy it. Yeah, now Blue Mesa has gone through some ups and downs and trials and tribulations over the last few years, especially with the the whole uh, Colorado water system, Colorado River water system, Lake Powell, Lake Mead. And, of course, Blue Mesa feeds into that system. But it's recovered really nice with this wet snow in winter we had, didn't it? Yeah, we've been we've been bummed for a couple of years seeing our lakes so low, but man, what a difference one winter can make up here. We uh, the BOR actually had to do a, a second emergency release of water back in late June because they were afraid the lake was going to overfill. So, with that said, the lake is full. They're holding it at eight feet below full pool, and. The forecast right now as we head into ice season is the lake will be drawn down to 25 feet low, which is is like the historical, you know, normal operating level. So we are completely back to normal as far as water conditions here, and we are glad to have it. When, and when, when Blue Mesa is full, well, even when it isn't, it's either the first or second largest surface areas. Uh, reservoir in the state, by far the largest water reservoir capacity in the state, but it becomes a very, very large body of water, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just under 30 miles long now when it's full, and uh, water depth's almost 350 feet deep down in the section near the dam, so there's there's a lot of water in this pond, and there's a lot of places for fish to hide, so, you know, we're always up here we like to give reports and we do weekly reports on our Facebook page and stuff too. Cause when, you know, when folks want to come visit blue Mesa for the first time, it can be a fairly daunting fishery as as big as it is. So we're here to help you kind of break it down. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and when a lake 
is expanded, the fish move around. So even if you've been there over the last few years when the water was low, the fish are more concentrated. They get spread out, and even some of the the anglers that know a lake will sometimes take time to locate the fish because they get relocated and spread out. So how is the fishing going there? Let's start with, uh, well, the, the browns and rainbows are really usually good this time of year. Yeah, this lake always fishes really well for trout year-round. Um, summertime patterns are in full swing now where, you know, our base water temps now have finally hit nearly 70 degrees, so that's pretty well pushed most of the trout offshore into the open water areas of the lake. So trolling is by far the primary weapon to get them caught. Um, you know, the rainbows still like to lurk near the surface. There's a lot of chrominids and other small lake bugs that are hatching throughout the morning all summer long. So there's always going to be some trout lurking near the surface. But for the most part, we're starting to see, you know, our trout, kind of utilizing that 40 to 60 foot depth range out here now so trolling with downriggers is pretty much going to be the the main tool that we utilize but you can still catch a lot of fish if you fish you know the shoulder parts of the day early morning late evening when the water's at its coolest you'll you'll see a few more fish up shallow feeding so either be prepared to fish deeper or be prepared to get up and do the sunrise bite. That's going to be your best chance there. But as far as that goes, the fishing has been very, very good for both species there. What what kind of lures do you typically use when you're trolling for the browns and rainbows? We actually use kokanee salmon gear for the most part. Um, we always target kokanee when we're trolling Blue Mesa, and that system works really, really well for trout as well. So if we simply use a dodger spoon, like anywhere from a three to a five inch dodger spoon, uh, and then a trailing lure behind, either like a squid body lure or just a basic spinner, real fluorescent colors, you know, pinks, purples, chartreuses, oranges, really similar to how we target our salmon, but we've found over the years that that system works equally well for trout. How is there any size to the trout? What kind of uh are the browns bigger than rainbows or is which way does it go? Uh we're starting to see and we, we kind of touched on this as we went through last year's reports going into winter. We're starting to see a huge resurgence in our rainbow population here and really starting to see some size on them. Uh it's not uncommon to go out you know, daily on Blue Mesa now and, and expect to catch several rainbows in that 18 to 22-inch range, which as bulky and healthy as they are now, too, these fish are, you know, pushing three, three and a half pounds, uh, which Blue Mesa's never been known for a giant trout fishery as far as rainbows and browns, but the rainbow thing has really been a highlight the last several years. They're big, they're healthy, they're getting bigger, they're caught lake-wide. So I would say on average now, the rainbows are probably outpacing the browns as far as overall consistent size. You know, another fish, you mentioned you're using salmon-type gear that you normally would use for kokanee, but the salmon have been a little uh, evasive this year, haven't they? Yeah, the kokanee salmon, you know, historically is kind of a cyclical fishery anyways but with this drought and then the onslaught of our gill lice thing that brought in here several years ago it's kind of definitely put a 
a damper on the numbers overall out here, and then you combine that with a very full lake where they're a little more spread out than normal. Uh, it's been tough, to say the least. It's definitely what we call a grind. We're still catching a few every day, but it's not fast limits like you're used to on Blue Mesa. But with that said, we're still catching a few every day, and the, the ones we're catching seem to be doing better as far as the gill lice thing goes. The full lake's really the best medicine for that whole system. So as long as we can keep a full lake for the next couple of years, this should get a big upswing in that cycle of salmon life. Um, right now, uh, targeting these fish are like 50 to 70 feet deep. So that's kind of where we're catching them, which is pretty typical as we hit late July, early August. And then that the last part of that that we'll really look forward to when we get here into August is uh, when these fish really start to stage up and kind of do their, their pre-spawn staging before they're going to start running up the Gunnison River in September. So we will we'll have a little better idea of the overall population of our big salmon, you know, here in the next couple of weeks as they start to move through the lake and stage up in schools. So we got a lot to look forward to with these fish, though. Now, the rock star of Blue Mesa, of course, are the the huge the huge um, lake trout, the Mackinac's, uh, fish up to fifty pounds or more of Kamada Blue Mesa. How what is that doing? I would think the big fish are probably going deep with the warm water, but are you still getting small lake trout? You're correct. Yeah, these water temps being as high as they are, those those real big fish. They just can't tolerate being in very warm water for very long. So the bite windows are very, very short. And they're going to spend, you know, the big majority of the day in, in depths of water that we're not comfortable fishing for them in just because it's so hard to, to reel a big old fish like that up from any kind of depth past much past 100 feet. It's hard on their swim bladder. It's hard for them to re-regulate their body as they're released back into warm water and they got to gain depth again. So we kind of leave the big trophy ones alone until the lake really starts to cool back down in the fall. But we can target pups all summer long, and we've had really great success fishing for those this summer too on, you know, kind of targeting deeper offshore structure, you know, point ends, humps, or deep flats, like in that 70 to 100-foot range. And we're we're targeting them trolling just because we like to cover a lot of water and do a lot of multi-species catching in a day. But the way these pup lake trout are set up in the summer, it can be a, a really fun day jigging for them as well, just dropping tube jigs down. Um, that's pretty deep, jigging 70 to 100 feet. But, you know, with the right equipment, a guy can go out and really catch a lot of pups this time of year too, jigging for them. You know, one of the things I found on some of these deep jigging bites and stuff that has just made it so much so much of a difference, and that's spot lock on a trolling motor. Yeah, way, way too deep to tro- throw an anchor overboard, at least be f- efficient. So, yeah, electronics, all of it has come so far that it just, there's so many great tools out there now for an angler to utilize that can just make your day so much more successful. Spot lock, structure scan, sonar, 3D you know, forward-facing sonar. There's so many things now that, you know, you, they're still wild animals and you still got to catch them, but there's a lot of tools, you know, that we really pay attention to that help our job out a lot as a fisherman. When you say pup lake trout, tell people what size you're looking for. 
Sure. So that's, um, you know, it can be anywhere from, you know, two and three year old fish that are like 15, 16 inches all the way up to, you know, about a 30 inch lake trout's kind of still considered a pup, which those are still getting pretty big, you know, six, eight pounds. Um, and it's done this fishery a lot of good when they were doing the, you know, the pup removal incentive programs they did several years ago. They've got this population of lake trout back to a point where now our bigger fish are getting bigger again. And I do think that it's still really important that us as anglers do our part by harvesting as many of these pups as we can just to kind of keep the predator situation under control here. That's going to help all of our trout and salmon populations continue to grow, but it's also going to help our big lake trout be able to maintain their body condition and grow to the next potential world record of 73 pounds that we saw this spring. I think, you know, keeping these fish populations under control is a big part of that. So, Oh, it really is. And you're talking, you know, if you're keeping these 18, 17, 20-inch fish, that's the best eating of the lake trout anyway. Yeah, the table fare there is so good. Um, on the grill, on the smoker, we like to make ceviche out of those lake trout. They're real mild fish. They're so good to eat. So, yeah, if you're coming to harvest fish for a fish fry or a family dinner, there's, you know, outside of kokanee salmon, which we all want to eat grilled salmon, but the lake trout, in my opinion, in this lake is probably the next best option for, you know, those cold water fish as far as table fare. You know, speaking of table fare, though, uh, a fish that has kind of, well, it wasn't introduced properly into the lake, but it has taken off, and it's providing a lot of sport fish angling, and they are really tasty, and that's the yellow perch. Yeah, you want to talk about table fare, then we have our yellow perch. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Very close cousin to a walleye, you know, white flaky meat, fish tacos, beer battered, fried up perch fillets are so good and that really man that's such a highlight on this lake it's a a relatively new fishery to us you know we're not used to having yellow perch in a lake like blue mesa but now that we do we've gotten anglers have gotten so much better at targeting them up here and the state really wants us to keep that population under control too so um, we invite everybody to come up here and fish for yellow perch and um, and we'll I, talk about that a little too. I mean, they man, these fish had an incredible spawn this year. So they, you know, the lake's been so low for so long that there's been a lot of shoreline cover that's grown up the last couple of years. And now that all of that stuff is flooded up, it has just created this perch heaven out there. You know, three, four-foot-tall weeds that these perch can get in. They spawn really well in there. There's perch fry all over the place. So the average size now is a lot bigger than what we've seen the last few years. Um, you know, most anglers are really not having a hard time at all catching keepers now. You don't have to sort through near as many to find the, the like, 10- to 12-inch perch that you want to keep to eat. And then even bigger... And really, from what we've seen the last couple of years, I am not going to be surprised at all one bit when the next state record perch is caught out of this lake. We've definitely seen some some ones that have scared that mark already, um, 16 and a half, 16 and three quarter inch perch that are tipping the scales right around two pounds. So 
that fishery is really, really on the rise here. We are out of time, my friend. If people want more information, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, you can find us on all the social platforms at gsofishing.com or at gsofishing, and then our website, gsofishing.com. Yeah, feel free to reach out at any time. We're, we're like say, we're here to help. This is a big lake. If you're coming down and want to go fishing, reach out to us on there, and we'll we'll get you pointed on the right track. All right, my friend, we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Andy. All right, thank you. Andy Cochran from GSO Fishing. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, we're going to change things up. We're going to talk about an organization that is really doing some great work to help veterans. All that and more coming up on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> 